everyone, and welcome once again to Starship Podcast Warlock. My name is Drew. My name is Jeff. And we are well into our first season of AbFab. Uh, we are going through an order from season one to season three, or series one to series three. I don't know what they call them. Uh, whether we go beyond that, of course, depends on you, the listener. Uh, I don't know why I'm doing this up front, but if you are interested in seeing us uh, go beyond season three, and you know what, maybe you should wait and hear that. But you can, you can still tweet us at Starship Warlock on Twitter. Uh, it doesn't have to be on that topic. Anything that's on your mind, you yeah. need some advice. Be the first one to be the first one to tweet us and get like a, a free pie or something like that. Yeah, I, it just the silence is is deafening at this point. Uh, I assume I assume that everything that we do is perfect, and that is why uh, it's true. You I know, mean, we're not I mean, we're not desperate for attention or anything really. No, no, not at all. No. Yeah. Oh, this is awkward. I should really edit this out. No, please don't. I, I, I want my shame <laughs> broadcast to everybody. Everybody, I tell you. That's right. Well, uh, whether you tweet us or not, we are grateful for your uh, listenership. And uh, we're very excited to be continuing with AbFab because it's so much fun to watch. Um, it is a lot of fun to rewatch after... I'm trying to think how long it's been since I've seen this. Uh it's confusing because, of course, of all the specials and kind of the additional seasons that have come out. Uh, so I have a recollection of watching that more recently than this. But I, I don't think I've watched this first season in at least a decade. Uh, yeah, it would be more than that for me, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm guessing I'm guessing closer to 20 years, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Dear God, be. we're old. <laughs> all right. Well. I actually had somebody tell me today, speaking of old, that... Um, that they were working and and somebody made a reference to um, uh, uh, may the odds be ever in your favor and and uh, and they and they didn't know that that was from Hunger Games. Oh boy! Like uh, yeah, and uh, like they they were uh, the implication was they were too young to remember when Hunger Games was in theater. Oh my god! So the person was telling me this was mid twenties, and so they were reacting about one of their coworkers, and and she was like, "I'm old," and and we're all like, "Oh, honey, <laughs> oh, you sweet, that my child." Yeah, welcome to adulthood. <laughs> it only gets worse from there on in. Uh, time is strange. Well, uh, what we're going to discuss today, because we always have something to discuss uh, before we go into the episode. Today we're going to be talking about uh, Joanna Lumley, who is uh, an OBE, which I did not know. Um, mm-hmm. the, the place that I'm getting this information is, uh, of course, our cherished research source, Wikipedia. Um, look, other podcasts, and I'm not going to name names, but other podcasts would make you get on your computer or your phone or your tablet and navigate to Wikipedia, type in the name Joanna Lumley, and go to the Wikipedia page. Like, you'd have to do all of that yourself. But here... Here we do not do that. Here we do not make you do that. You can listen to us tell you what's on the Wikipedia page and never have to lift a finger uh, to type something that your autocorrect changes to. Uh, I don't know what they would change Joanna Lumley to, but they would definitely change it to something. I, I, um, 
I, I like the fact she has the same initials as I do. So that's not, true. Uh, yeah, not, not not middle initials, but I mean, you know, if you do, on the other hand, want to jump on Wikipedia and follow along with us, we could do it a little bit like in one of those old read along storybooks. When you hear the sound, <laughs> bring, turn the page. I mean, there's no pages here, but you know, scroll down or something. Scroll down. Like yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. just to reassure you, we we are not going to read this to you verbatim. Although we could, we could do that. Just, oh, sorry, we're not? Okay. Right. No, no, no. Um, I, I'm just letting no. the, the possibility sink in. All right. Well, without further okay, we ado. Will, we, will change, we will change all the articles. Let's talk about Joanna Lamond Lumley, uh, who is an age right now. I won't tell you what that is, uh, but she is uh, some number of years old. Uh, and as I said, well, she's an OBE, but I don't know what FRGS is. Do you? What is Frogs that title? Missing the oh, I don't know. Well, let's see. Can you click on it? Uh, the Royal yeah, Geography. Yeah, you know what? Society. You would fellow, have to fellow click on of it. The Royal, fellow of <laughs> the Royal you Geography won't. Society. That's wild. Uh, I wonder if it will tell us why. Uh, well, let's continue. Uh, so, what do we need to know? She was born in. Wait a minute. Okay, uh, you may have to explain this to me. How can she have been born in three different places in India? Are those three different places? Um, no, no. Oh, I see is, what's going on the now. The town, the region, and the yes, Srinagar, uh, then Jammu and Kashmir. Right, that's that's is, the region, and then British uh, India is, is the, one yes. region. Okay, so I've already yes. learned something, and you listening to this podcast probably also have as well. Uh, now I know because I thought there was maybe three different places there, which is a strange way to be born. Uh, well, Srinagar is the uh, actual location. Both sides yeah. of her family had generations of service to the Raj, with many of them born there. That's what it says here. Um, I mean, that does date her to a certain extent, so you can probably figure out age-wise. That's uh, true. Uh, that's limits. true. Uh, it, first half of the 20th century, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. um, all right, so uh, we're not going to read the whole uh, biography, although it is very interesting. Um... Her parent, I guess, her parents were English, but uh, they were born uh, in various uh, places in the in the middle and and uh, southeast of Asia. Uh, let's see. She has early memories of living in the tropics. That's a sentence verbatim from Wikipedia, which I just mm -hmm. read you. Well uh, spoken. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, she went to a convent school as a teenager uh, in Kent. Uh, boarding school. I think Let's I see. I think we know him. Uh, she's <laughs> she says of it, and here again I will read. Uh, I especially loved my second boarding school, an Anglo-Catholic convent in the hills behind Hastings. The nuns wore blue stockings and were brainy and lovely. There were seventy boarders, and I was happy as a clam. That's so. I, I don't know. I find that heartwarming. Uh, I, you know, sometimes people have stories of being at a Catholic boarding school that are not great. It sounds like she enjoyed it. It, it is funny, you know, picturing that description, and then you know we're about to watch her as Patsy. That just kind of picks, <laughs> uh, that just kind of makes me laugh. Um, yeah, yep. tremendously. I approve. Uh, let's see. So, kind of skipping ahead here, uh, she spent three years as a model. It says uh, photographed. It's, it's worth. It is worth tracking down. Um, uh, some Graham Norton, like uh, a lot of stuff. I think we talked about this for the Jennifer Saunders one, but it's also worth tracking down the episodes where Joanna Lumley has appeared on uh, on Graham Norton because at one point he pulls out old um, uh, old magazines that have pictures of her uh, posing as a model and and like uh, a couple of things where she's like, I don't remember what 
that was for or what have you. And just, <laughs> and, but just her, her recollections of the, of those days are, uh, are just beautiful to behold. I imagine they must be. Yeah. Um, so I guess she had a son in 1967, which uh, would have made her somewhere in her 20s, preserving the mystery mm-hmm. here. Uh, and so, you know, fairly young. Um, let's see. She worked as a house model for Jean Muir. Muir? That was very cute. Muir? Jean Muir was, was a fashion designer. Uh, yes, thank yep. you. Uh, I don't know what words are. Um, let's see. She. There are these bunch of symbols that are participated in another photo shoot. Oh my! This is going to be a. We're going to be here for a while, folks. I, I, we probably shouldn't do this before dinner. Like my, uh, my. Uh, oh, I ate already. See, that's your mistake. Yeah, okay. my my brain is not fueled with anything uh, at this you point. Know, I, I don't know. I could have, I could have pulled out the alcohol if I'd been thinking. Then then just even it out. It just, okay. We would have eaten that. All right. So uh, anyway, let's get to the good stuff. Um, she did not receive any formal training at drama school. In fact, it says that she was turned down by Rada. At the age of sixteen, which seems rude. Um, let's see. Yeah, so she she was a Bond girl in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which I think is kind of the Bond connoisseur's uh, uh, Bond film. Uh, it, it's certainly one of my favorites. And she had uh, two lines. It says, and you know what? I don't remember her being in that. So that's a good yeah. excuse well, for me to watch it as again. I point out, she was one of the angels of death. That was uh, ah. uh, that Blo- Blofeld had. Um, uh, brainwashed, basically. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, because if you're going to remember Honor Majesty's Secret Service, of course, uh, you're going to remember um, the great Diana Rigg. Yes, um, yes, you are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So be she still, be still my heart. <laughs> so she was also in Coronation Street. It says um, she was in Are You Being Served? Uh, that might be worth looking up. Uh, uh, yeah, that that actually we'll talk about a little bit later on when we talk about her. Um, if we're going to talk about her personal life, because uh, there's a little bit of a note there. Ooh, okay. See, you know more than I do already. Uh, I, I peaked. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I peaked. Uh, all right, so I may as well say that in, in 19, she was married uh, 1970 to 1970 um, to uh, Jeremy Lloyd, uh, who who uh, produced and was behind uh, several uh, pretty well-known British shows at the time, including Are You Being Served, although that was, that was after uh, the two of them had already uh, broken up. Oh, uh, I see. Okay. Um, I thought you were going to say she married Mr. Humphreys. <laughs> no, that's kind of funny. Um, although I would have loved to see her with like you know the blue uh, the blue hair of um, of uh, uh, what's her face, um, uh, Mrs. Slocum. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she uh, she was Jessica Van Helsing in the Satanic Rites of Dracula, which is the last Hammer Dracula film to star Christopher Lee. Well, that's kind of awesome. Uh, what else do we have here? She was in a couple of Tim Burton movies or Tim Burton associated movies, James and the Giant mm-hmm. Peach and Corpse Bride, neither of which made much of an impression on me, I have to admit. She's only allowed to be in it if there was stop motion animation. Apparently. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, I, I haven't seen a lot of these other ones. I've never seen Ella Enchanted. I've never even heard of Maybe Baby. With Hugh Laurie, no, I have mm-hmm. no idea. But Ellen Chanted, I have seen. I just don't remember much of it, unfortunately. Oh, she was in Wolf of Wall Street. I think I do remember that. I remember the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm, but, um, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you remember the movie? <laughs> oh, I guess it was a book, right? What's that? Why did you specify uh, the movie? Bu- 
Okay. I was just saying, I remember the movie. I don't remember her. You know, yet, but, uh... here at Starship Podcast Warlock, we have our finger on the pulse of media and, and all things film, TV, and books. So, of course, we know that there was a book, in, in which case, there, you know, if there wasn't a book, then we also know that there wasn't a book. So, whichever I mean, is true. When we say we have the finger on the pulse, like, we've put our finger down a little too hard and, like, the pulse has just kind of stopped right there. So, yeah, pretty much. You know, it, we, it, we have flatlined, so I apologize <laughs> for that. I can't find it. I can't find the pulse. Okay, so I she was in the Avengers. She was in the Avengers, which is what I wanted to, kind of wanted to get to. Now, wait a minute. Uh, Diana Ring was in the Avengers as well, Yes. She was well much much earlier, of course. Yes, we yes. Talk about the we could talk about the Bond. Um, oh, the new uh, Avengers. That's why I was confused. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, but I mean, of course, there were enough people that cycled through between mm-hmm. Kathy Gale and I mean, so I mean, you had her. You had, of course, Honor Blackman. Uh, if you want to talk about um, somebody also well known in the in the Bond world. Yep. Um, and of course, course Sapphire uh, and Steel, yeah. which uh, mm-hmm. I only watched recently, but is uh, every bit as great as they say it is. Um, it, it, very eerie series. In case anyone's not familiar with it, um, it's it's one of the most unusual shows I think I've ever seen. Um, and a lot of the unusual aspects of it they never really explain, which is kind of exciting. Uh, conceived as the answer to Doctor Who, and and it really shows because it's at the same time in the same vein, and then completely not. The 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 vibe is totally different, uh, and I mm-hmm. highly recommend it. But she played Sapphire, of course, in Sapphire and Steel. <laughs> Saffy. <laughs> uh, oh, I did not know this. In 1986, television mm-hmm. producer Sidney Newman suggested Lumley for the role of the Doctor. That would have been amazing. Uh, that would, of course, in 1986. We, I mean, of course, we eventually got uh, Joanna Lumley as <laughs> yes. uh, as the Doctor, uh, as featured here in one episode that we watched, the mm-hmm. uh, the Curse of Fatal Death. Um, also featuring uh, Julia Swallow on top of all that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty great. I, I love the idea that that... So in 1986, that would have been what? Trial of a Time Lord? Yeah, that would have been... Um, that would have been you know, yep. Colin Baker era. Uh, so it would have been her instead of uh, Sylvester McCoy, I guess. I guess, yeah. That's funny. All right. Well, uh, ahead of his time, as always. Although... Yeah, I mean, then, then she could have faced off after uh, Kate O'Mara, who, of course, shows up in uh Oh, my in God, Fab that would have been amazing. Anyway. Yeah. That would go. have been amazing. And it was post-Time Lord, or post-Trial of Time Lord, so we just missed having her meet Christopher Ryan and, and uh, <laughs> you know. And, and a little further, you want to go back another season, Alexei Sale, but yeah. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, she was also in this show absolutely fabulous, coincidentally enough, which is what we're I watching. I think I've heard of it. Yes. Uh, let's see. So, uh, you know, moving past the, the present era as far as this podcast is concerned, what else was she in? Lovejoy. Uh, these are all kind of appearances. Um, I'm, I'm to curious. See. When you get to the next paragraph, uh, there was a 2006 sitcom apparently called Jam in Jerusalem. She stared at, starred as the elderly Delilah Stagg in sitcom Jam in Jerusalem with Dawn French, Jennifer Saunders, and Sue Johnston. Why do we not know more about this? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about it. Uh, but I'm going to find out by opening it in a new tab. But so am I. <laughs> um yeah, just looking at the rest of it. So um, one of the things that I think is interesting is to uh, see exactly how old she is in AbFab. So it started in 92, and I'm looking at the age that I'm not going to specify. 
Okay. Okay, that tracks. Yep. Uh, yep. And she's she's several years older than Jennifer Saunders, if I recall correctly. Like, uh, I think you're probably right. However, she is younger. If I'm doing math right, she was younger in this show than I am now. So that's uh, chilling yeah, um, to the bone. She, she is twelve years older than Jennifer Saunders. Uh, interesting. Interesting. All right, so let's see. Uh, what else do we have here? Oh, she <laughs> she recorded the AOL greetings in the UK, which is great. I think I think if Joanna Lumley were the voice of AOL, I probably would have used AOL more. Yeah, cheers, uh, thanks a lot. Any, I suppose. <laughs> any is more than than what I used. Uh, let's mm. see. A introduction to a book of tips to women. Okay. Because I have to say, I adore our young ones, meaning young women, and I think we've got some of the prettiest and loveliest girls in the world, but I think sometimes the behavior gets a bit bad. I think the girls let themselves down. They are so pretty and so lovely, but they should behave better, I think, then they would be more successful. Uh, she went on to say, you can never have enough hats, gloves, or shoes. No, she didn't. <laughs> uh, but I wish she had. Let's see what else. Uh the uh, we mentioned curse of fatal death of course um the third the, the adaptation of the third book of hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy in 2004 in which he played the woman with the sydney opera house head oh my god uh at the the uh the universe's most long longest running party um i'm skimming there's some more um like parodies yeah up uptown downstairs abbey which a and, lot of people did there's a thing called Joanna Lumley's Nile, where she journeyed up the River Nile from sea to source in Rwanda for our ITV. I she, desperately want to see that, but I well, I she did suspect, a lot of them apparently. The Greek yeah. Odyssey, Ark, um, Trans Siberian, like she uh, Japan Silk Road Adventure. It's like Michael Palin. Michael Palin got all into yeah. uh, doing uh, pole to pole and doing traveling. I want to see this. There's no uh, there's no link from Wikipedia to these shows, which means that of course they don't exist. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I desperately want to watch these. They sound fascinating, Joanna Lumley or not, and she just makes it all the more uh, uh, appealing. So I'm going to have to track these down. Uh, she's an activist in support of uh, the exiled Gurkhas from Tibet, uh, various other indigenous folks, so that's awesome. Uh, what else do we have here? Survival International. Oh, yes, yes, yep, I just got there. Uh, she sounds awesome. Yeah, very, very active. Uh, patron of Population Matters, an organization campaigning for the achievement of a sustainable global population size, the UK ter- charity Tree Aid, uh, the Pastoral and Environmental Network in the Horn of Africa. Um, this is actually very touching. This list goes on and on. She may be doing more mm-hmm. charity work than she did... TV work, which is kind of uh, noble. Uh, let's mm-hmm. see. So now we know the geographical thing uh, due to those shows. Have you heard of those before? You sounded very familiar with them. For, for which the uh, the Nile and the the Greece thing and it it rang a bell. Like it may have played here on TV at some point. Like I, it it vaguely rang a bell, but I couldn't tell you a darn thing about it beyond that. But I mean, you can picture her voice and uh, just narrating some of these things. Like I can mm-hmm. totally hear it in my head. Let's see. And she's now married to the conductor, Stephen Barlow. 
and has apparently, been since 1986. Yeah. And they right, uh, supports over 60 charities. She has been a vegetarian for 40 years, um, <laughs> which is again <laughs> something you don't really picture for. Well, that's a well, that's okay because uh, we know Patsy hasn't eaten since 1973. But um, that is one way to do it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah um, yeah she's and quite. Very formidable. Made an uh, officer of the Order of the British Empire in the 1995 New Year Honors, and as we said, fellow of the Royal Geographical Society, honorary doctor of letters. He's got several honorary doctorates. That's got to be strange. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do with those? You Just list them? them? Mantelpiece and list I them, guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what else. Um, and then her filmography. Oh, Cole Comfort Farm. I almost forgot about that. I, I have seen that. Oh, yeah. That's funny. They didn't list that up there. But, yeah. Uh, that's funny. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't do that. Uh, I'm also amused that apparently right after Abfab, there was a uh, TV, I guess it says six episodes, uh, Cluedo, which is, of course, um, uh, what we know as Clue in the U.S. And, of course, everyone may remember the 1985 movie, but... Uh, Apparently, they did a TV series of it huh. in 1993, of which she played Mrs. Peacock. <laughs> That's an interesting and, casting. And here's, a, and here's another frightening one. Uh, I hope this was a, um, a tasteful... Oh, 1998, Sweeney Todd as Mrs. Lovett in a television oh, film. Oh, wow. Uh, That's quite and, good, uh, actually. And, and also, and this one frightens me a little bit, uh, a version, a TV film in 1999 of Alice in Wonderland in which she played Tiger Lily. Oh, boy. I really hope that they did some updates to that, is all I'm saying. Wow. All right, well, uh, oh, and Paddington 2. I forgot she was in that as well. Mm-hmm. As was Capaldi, as I recall correctly. Maybe that was just the first one. No, nope. uh, I think you're right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Wow. Yeah, there actually are quite a lot of credits here, um, but not... <laughs> there's a movie, there's something called Gangsta Granny... Where she played, oh uh, where she played the queen, where she played Q-A-2. Queen <laughs> oh my! Yeah, I'll stop. Uh, <laughs> Joanna Lumley meets Will I Am. Lots of theater, very cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Some yeah, books. She's done a little, yeah, Hedda Gabler, Blythe Spirit, Ideal Husband, Cherry Orchard. I mean, that, that's a that's a good uh, line in winter. Oh my God! It, did she play Eleanor of Aquitaine? That she must sounds have. awesome. Yeah, I mean that sounds awesome. Private Live. Okay, a lot of lot of Noel Coward apparently. Yep, that tracks and Ibsen. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, she's done a lot of stuff. Um, this is a very meaty Wikipedia page. Um, that that's our summary. Joanna Lumley. She's done a lot of stuff. <laughs> she's done. <laughs> well done. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> Only on this podcast, folks. All right. Uh, well, that was uh, quite a nice trip. I will now look at her differently in this episode we're about to see. Um, I will look at her with the eyes of someone who's just read her Wikipedia page. And we're going to take a short break, as we always do, and then come back and watch the fourth episode of the first series of AppFab. Be right back. Okay, it is time now to watch episode four of the first series of AppFab, Isotank. Um, as always, Jeff and I have queued up our DVDs, streaming, whatever we have, to zero. You should do the same, and then I'll count down from three. Uh, three, two, one, play, and then on play, we'll hit play and watch this episode. Ready, Jeff? Yes. Okay. Three, two, one, play. 
I don't remember the writing credits, but I assume that she wrote the first three as well. I'm pretty sure she did. Oh, first appearance of Sappy's Friends. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Nyoko Mori. <laughs> I actually have a friend that does uh, floats in San Francisco. It's it's very popular right now. What What's a floats? Like literally where you're kind of naked in a tank and just sitting there, sensory deprivation for, for an oh. hour. Sounds nice. It's supposed to be very nice. <laughs> Though probably not smoking. Huh, what's that a tattoo of? <laughs> what do you mean, genetics? <laughs> Spoilers. Julia Swallow <laughs> as Hermione. <laughs> I have a surprisingly large number of empty places in their wine rack back there. <laughs> That's not too surprising. Oh, that's funny. We've commented how most of the quotes in the um, Pet Shop Boy song is from the first episode, but that's a quote from this episode. Mm-hmm.
I love her hair. I know. I need I think I'm going to watch Little Voice this week. That's St. Vincent there. <laughs> There's Razzle. <laughs> Razzle, Razzle. I want to cross over between them and the good place so we could have Tahani show up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, I've got a Kustark story for later. Oh, really? Party, party, party. Oh, God. <laughs> I love that she's equally great when she's efficient mm -hmm. as when she's vacuous. Ha, 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 ha. 
<laughs> I'd prefer Jefferson Airplane personally. <laughs> they do have one song I like. Just one more than the Grateful Dead have. White Rabbit? Oh yeah, of course. I don't even know what the other songs are. Actually, I only know one Grateful Dead song, too, so, you know. That one's actually okay, so I guess it's a tie. <laughs> TLA, I never caught that before. Her most explicit tantrum yet. I wonder if there's a role <laughs> reversal going on here. I, it does seem <laughs> that way. Maybe right? a little bit. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> 
Man, and this was before Woody Allen and Soon Yi became public knowledge. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could just dial any number, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> A clue. <laughs> Their expression. <laughs> Don't question me. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Jeez. Oh, that was your chance. Get out of the house. I think she wants to stay in the house. It's them they wish were gone. Oh, fair enough. Lovely parking job. <laughs> Seems like our first bit of outside location shooting. Is it? Oh, no, no, of course not, because the whole Paris episode. Mm -hmm. Never mind. The first one that's not on the way into the office, maybe. Oh, no, Paris, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will give her credit for being very uh, tastefully dressed yes <laughs> can I bring my friend <laughs> like the grand grabs her hand for strength Wait, who is that? That's familiar. That's not... <laughs> we'll find out. That's not who I think it is. <laughs> Enter. <laughs> I 
Hello, Mary Catherine Gallagher. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little nineteen eighty four there. Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> All right, for a split second, I thought she was making a very different gesture. <laughs> <laughs> I've never acted that way when drunk. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, it's time to start. <laughs> Just passing the babies down the line. Get paid. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I don't get it. All right. Uh we'll be right back with our thoughts on Isotank right after this. I want to go back now and see who that was. I, I looked. I didn't recognize any of the names. Let's see. Were you thinking it was Lenny Henry? Yeah, I was. <laughs> I mean, it's a reasonable name to watch out for. You have come bottom in the whole world. Me, she. Tim Woodward. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Let me look him up real quick. Sydney Cole. Tim Woodward. I, I'm not sure which of the headmasters that was. Well, I, th I mean, I thought the whole point was that um, the the headmaster in the present day was uh, was the fellow student of uh, that was getting yelled at in the the past sequence yeah but the head the person who calls them in oh yeah or um, says that they're terrible anyway doesn't matter yeah all right shall we come back in let's all right there's a musical break and then all right welcome back to starship podcast warlock it's time for us to talk about the fourth episode of the first series of the first abfab <laughs> Iso tank, Jeff. What'd you think? I liked it. I um, I did like the uh, the fact that it was mostly one big dream sequence, and I suppose the fact that you know Bubble was actually effective was probably one of the uh, early hints of that. I suppose. <laughs> uh, plus the fact if you're going to paint somebody in that into that much of a corner, you better have some good way to get uh, get them out of it. It's interesting. I think I would have structured it as. Um, uh, you know, some of the episodes have the closing credits and then you have the, the stinger, you have the scene after it. I think I actually would have structured it as um, as she's being, as um, 
Safi is yelling for her to get out and, sh and she's yelling, I don't want the babies and dragging the babies out. To me, that should have been the closing credits. And then after the credits over, the scene should have been her waking up in the isotank. And, oh, and yes. That was all a dream. That, that's how I would have structured it. That's, that's my only real quibble about it. But, um, but I, I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. Um, you know, the robbing the cradle aspect with, with Danny is, I suppose, in retrospect, a little creepy. But, uh, um, <laughs> but that was also pretty. And, of course, the fact that he's not real at the end of that. I, uh, mm -hmm. I like it. I feel like it's a very well put together episode. And, you know, we get to see, again, certainly a little bit on the role reversal and the tantrums. But, uh, you know, they have little bits of reconciliation. I think they're not as nasty to each other overall, even despite that, as, uh, as they have been in some of the other episodes. And, um, mm -hmm. I, I, uh, you know, it, it feels like it's, it's a slight episode. It's not as meaty as some of the others, but I, I feel like it, it's a good little puzzle box there. <laughs> puzzle box. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, in fact, it may be my favorite one so far. And it's funny because back when we were going to do just two episodes of each show and I was trying to figure out which one to do, for some reason this one kept coming up as a possibility. And I said, uh, I don't want to do the dream sequence one. But like watching it again, I remember why it was one that I was thinking about because I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, yeah, I, I, I love... Also... Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, I'd forgotten to also say that um, I do love whenever they do flashbacks, just the, mm -hmm. the attempts to make them look high school age. <laughs> in, partic in particular, you know, uh, the change in Patsy's hairstyle just kind of cracked me up every single time. I know, right? Uh, I was just going to look up who Kathy McGowan is. I think I know, but uh, it's not coming to me. Oh, she was a 60s music show presenter. I suppose she does look a little bit like her in a vague sort of way. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I thought it was great. I love uh, when Safi's friends show up and we see um, how truly like hopelessly nerdy most of them are uh, is really a nice counterpoint. Uh, it's not just that... Uh, that uh, Adina and Patsy think that they are. They actually are. Uh, and it's it's fun to see that contrast. Um, I like the I like the fact that we get the two bubbles here. The competent oh, yeah. one. <laughs> and then the one who says uh, that her job is, I don't really know. Get paid. Yeah, we've <laughs> recited that, those lines so many times. Um, uh, uh, that and that and party, 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 party. And it's interesting considering that you know later on where she's played where Claudia Binger, you know that that she pops up as a different character who is much more you know successful and clueful and a bit of a rival for for Eddie's um, is funny too because I like to think that that had the uh, gestation in the more successful bubble. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so great. I, this one just feels very crisp to me. It doesn't seem like there's much that's out of place, or is just kind of like randomly there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love the twist of uh, the headmaster being Tony. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> the two of them just zoning out with each other. Um, it's just the fact that, like, watching, you know, Patsy's body language is she's pretty much lounging and halfway over the table at <laughs> that point. <laughs> Uh, you know, and and comparing that, of course, to her, to uh, her reaction when they first noticed Danny on top of all that. Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> she's in full full flower, as it uh, as one might say. Yes, uh, so good. Um, yeah, I like this one a lot. I think it's great. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. Really, I enjoyed it a lot. Me too. Um, I, I was going to mention. Uh, 
uh, Ku Stark at one point. Which oh, just, yeah, what was that all about? Well, just I, I'm amused by the fact that, of course, that they throw out a bunch of names. You know, would would, would you know who Khashoggi was or something like that? But Ku Stark always struck me as, as funny because... Um, uh, any any Star Wars aficionado will will know the name um, that she was cut out of Star Wars. Hmm. So uh, you uh, those of you may remember, and I, I had had the um, uh, the visual storybook as a kid that had a lot of scenes in it that were not in the uh, in the movie. In particular, a lot of the scenes with uh, Luke and his uh, his friends uh, kind mm-hmm. of hanging out at Tashi Station was uh, was chopped out. And so she was, uh, she was in there, and she kind of teased Luke and, and what have you. And um, uh, and uh, I, I remember that that was a big deal. And uh, the fact, I, I think, you know, she was a uh, an actress and a photographer, or whatever. But the big claim to fame was that she had a relationship with Prince Andrew. Oh, um, so uh-huh. she, so definitely known much more across the pond than uh, than here. But uh, I mainly know her for uh, through. Um, uh, through Star Wars, even though she wasn't even in there. Um, although it's worth uh, mentioning, because of course I just hopped down Wikipedia to see if there's anything else that was interesting. She had an uncredited role as a bridesmaid in Rocky Horror, uh, but more to the fact, uh, more to the part, uh, she appears in Time Slides, an episode of Red Dwarf, <laughs> and also as Miss Scarlet in a series of uh, of Cluedo. That makes enough. sense. So, uh, um, yeah, different season. Apparently, different actors played. The different characters for every season of, of Cluedo. Oh, that's fun. So, June Whitfield played Mrs. White in the first season, apparently. Okay. Uh, Stephanie Beecham was in it. Uh, the Chris, there was a Christmas special that had Kate O'Mara as Mrs. Peacock. Oh my God. Um, uh, season two had Rula Lenska as uh, Mrs. Peacock and Michael Jaston, um, aka the Valyard, as uh, Colonel Mustard and Kustark as Miss Scarlet in that season. The third season. Um, had Tom Baker as Professor Plum mm-hmm. and uh, Lizette Anthony, who I believe was in um, Krull, oddly oh enough, uh, as uh, as Miss Scarlet. And then the third season had um, Joanna Lumley as Mrs. Peacock and Jerry Hall as Miss Scarlet. Jesus. All right, uh, now so it's, it's just, another show to look up. That sounds yeah, exciting, uh, too. I, I just, yeah, I don't know if it's any good or anything like that, but I just had to mention that from looking through this. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's what happens if you go through the Wikipedia uh, wormhole just looking for Ku Stark. So. Oh my god. Ku Stark sounds like a Star Wars name to me. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Amazing. Well, uh, this has been very educational as well as very entertaining, so I hope you enjoyed this episode of Starship Podcast Warlock. We will, of course, be moving on to the fifth story of Abfab Series 1 in our next episode, but until then, this has been Drew. This has been Jeff. And you've been listening to Starship Podcast Warlock. Bye, everybody. Bye. All right, welcome back to Starship Podcast Warlock. It's time for us to talk about the fourth episode of the first series of the first AbFab, <laughs> Isotank. Jeff, what'd you think? I liked it. I um, I did like the uh, the fact that it was mostly one big dream sequence, and I suppose the fact that you know Bubble was actually effective was probably one of the uh, early hints of that. I suppose. <laughs> uh, plus the fact if you're going to paint somebody in that into that much of a corner, you better have some good way to get uh, get them out of it. It's interesting. I think I would have structured it as. Um, 
you know, some of the episodes have the closing credits and then you have the, the stinger, you have the scene after it. I think I actually would have structured it as, um, as she's being, as, um, Safi is yelling for her to get out and, sh- and she's yelling, I don't want the babies and dragging the babies out. To me, that should have been the closing credits. And then after the credits over, the scene should have been her waking up in the isotank. And, oh, and yes. That was all a dream. That, that's how I would have structured it. That's, that's my only real quibble about it. But, um, but I, I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. Um, you know, the robbing the cradle aspect with, with Danny is, I suppose, in retrospect, a little creepy. But, uh, um, <laughs> but that was also pretty. And, of course, the fact that he's not real at the end of that. I, uh, mm-hmm. I like it. I feel like it's a very well put together episode. And, you know, we get to see, again... Certainly a little bit on the role reversal and the tantrums, but uh, you know they have little bits of reconciliation. I think they're not as nasty to each other overall, even despite that, as uh, as they have been in some of the other episodes. And um, mm-hmm. I, I uh, you know, it, it feels like it's it's a slight episode. It's not as meaty as some of the others, but I, I feel like it, it's a good little puzzle box there. <laughs> puzzle box. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, in fact, it may be my favorite one so far. And it's funny because. Back when we were going to do just two episodes of each show, and I was trying to figure out which one to do, for some reason this one kept coming up as a possibility. And I said, I don't want to do the dream sequence one. But like watching it again, I remember why it was one that I was thinking about, because I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, Yeah, I I I love... Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, I'd forgotten to also say that... um, I do love whenever they do flashbacks, just the, mm-hmm. the attempts to make them look high school age. In, partic- <laughs> in particular, you know, uh, the change in Patsy's hairstyle just kind of cracked me up every single time. I know, right? Uh, I was just going to look up who Kathy McGowan is. I think I know, but uh, it's not coming to me. Oh, she was a 60s music show presenter. I suppose she does look a little bit like her hmm. in a <laughs> vague sort of way. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I thought it was great. I love uh, when Safi's friends show up and we see um, how truly like, hopelessly nerdy most of them are uh, is really a nice counterpoint. Uh, it's not just that uh, that uh, Adina and Patsy think that they are. They actually are. Uh, and it's it's fun to see that contrast. Um, I like the I like the fact that we get the two bubbles here, the competent oh, yeah. one, and then the one who says uh, that her job is I don't really know. Get paid. Yeah, we've <laughs> recited that those lines so many times. Um, uh, uh, that and that and party, 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 party. And it's interesting considering that, you know, later on where she's played or Claudia Bing or, you know, that, that she pops up as a different character who is much more, you know, successful and clueful and a bit of a rival for, for Eddie is, um, is funny too, because I like to think that that had the, uh, gestation in the more successful bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So great. I, this one just feels very crisp to me. It doesn't seem like there's much that's out of place or it's just kind of like randomly there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love the twist of uh, the headmaster being Tony. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the two of them just zoning out with each other. Um, it just the fact that like watching you know Patsy's body language is she's pretty much lounging and halfway over the table <laughs> at that point. <laughs> uh, you know, and and comparing that of course to her, to uh, her reaction when they first noticed Danny on top of all that. Yeah, know, I know. Uh, <laughs> She's in full full flower, as it uh, as one might say. Yes, uh, so good. Um, 
yeah, I like this one a lot. I think it's great. Um, I don't know what else to say about it, really. I enjoyed it a lot. Me too. Um, I, I was going to mention Ku uh, uh, Stark at one point. which Oh, I just, yeah, what was I mean, that all about? Well, just I, I'm amused by the fact that, of course, that they throw out a bunch of names. You know, would would, would you know who Khashoggi was or something like that? But Ku Stark always struck me as, as funny because... Um, uh, any any Star Wars aficionado will will know the name um, that she was cut out of Star Wars. Hmm. So uh, you uh, those of you may remember, and I, I had had the um, uh, the visual storybook as a kid that had a lot of scenes in it that were not in the uh, in the movie. In particular, a lot of the scenes with uh, Luke and his uh, his friends uh, kind mm-hmm. of hanging out at Tashi Station was uh, was chopped out. And so she was, uh, she was in there, and she kind of teased Luke and and what have you, and um, uh, and uh, I, I remember that that was a big deal. And uh, the fact, I, I think, you know, she was a uh, an actress and a photographer, or whatever. But the big claim to fame was that she had a relationship with Prince Andrew. Oh, um, so uh-huh. she, so definitely known much more across the pond than uh, than here. But uh, I mainly know her for uh, through. Um, uh, through Star Wars, even though she wasn't even in there. Um, although it's worth uh, mentioning, because of course I just hopped on Wikipedia to see if there's anything else that was interesting. She had an uncredited role as a bridesmaid in Rocky Horror, uh, but more to the fact, uh, more to the part, uh, she appears in Time Slides, an episode of Red Dwarf, <laughs> and also as Miss Scarlet in a series of uh, of Cluedo. That makes enough. sense. So, uh, um, yeah, different season. Apparently, different actors played. The different characters for every season of, of Cluedo. Oh, that's fun. So, June Whitfield played Mrs. White in the first season, apparently. Okay. Uh, Stephanie Beecham was in it. Uh, the Chris, there was a Christmas special that had Kate O'Mara as Mrs. Peacock. Oh my God. Um, uh, season two had Rula Lenska as uh, Mrs. Peacock and Michael Jaston, um, aka the Valyard, as uh, Colonel Mustard, and Kustark as Miss Scarlet in that season. The third season. Um, had Tom Baker as Professor Plum mm-hmm. and uh, Lizette Anthony, who I believe was in um, Krull, oddly oh enough, uh, as uh, as Miss Scarlet. And then the third season had um, Joanna Lumley as Mrs. Peacock and Jerry Hall as Miss Scarlet. Jesus. All right, uh, now so it's, it's just, another show to look up. That sounds yeah, exciting, uh, too. I, I just, yeah, I don't know if it's any good or anything like that, but I just had to mention that from looking through this. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's what happens if you go through the Wikipedia uh, wormhole just looking for Ku Stark. So. Oh my god. Ku Stark sounds like a Star Wars name to me. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Amazing. Well, uh, this has been very educational as well as very entertaining, so I hope you enjoyed this episode of Starship Podcast Warlock. We will, of course, be moving on to the fifth story of Abfab Series 1 in our next episode, but until then, this has been Drew. This has been Jeff. And you've been listening to Starship Podcast Warlock. Warlock. Bye, everybody. Bye.